After a lifetime of being a very typical and average consumer and almost two decades in the restaurant business, with the last six of those co-owning two restaurants of her own, Joy Hughes started paying more attention to the environmental impact of plastics, disposables, and waste. Today, Joy and her husband Danny own the only sustainable, lifestyle-focused, zero-waste shop in Gainesville in North Central Florida. They're on a mission to increase awareness about your local, national, and even global plastic problems. And yes, we talk about plastic straws. Hear their story in today's episode, episode 155 of the WHOA GNV podcast. You are listening to WHOA podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and today's episode is being brought to you by my friends over at Leonardo's Mill Hopper. When the work week gets away from you and you look up and you realize that you don't have time to cook dinner, you guys, pick up the phone and give our pizza family over at Leonardo's Mill Hopper a call. They have some awesome early week specials going on like Manicotti Monday, Lasagna Tuesday, and Chicken Parm Wednesday. Plus, each order comes with a delicious order of garlic knots. I oh, mean, they're so good. He like Kyle like purposefully like makes videos with the like sauce going on the garlic knots. It's just like creamy and oh, dude, it's so good. Anyway, you get all that for $10. You can't find a deal this great anywhere, you guys. So plus, Kyle and his team are always giving a pizza their heart by investing back into our community. See what I did there, James? Pizza your heart. <laughs> Pizza their heart. Anyway, wouldn't it be nice to give a little something back to Leonardo's Mill Hopper by getting a delicious dinner from them tonight? Give them a call at 352-376-2001 or order online at leonardosmillhopper.com. Kyle Cohan, my friend, I love you. Thank you so much for your continued support. You are the best. And you guys, I just want to give everybody a little heads up because we're getting ready to enter the second half of the year. And I wanted to let you guys know that you could also become one of our incredible sponsors. If you own a small business and could benefit from reaching our regionalized audience of business owners, entrepreneurs, business professionals, and leaders, drop me an email at colin at whoagnv.com to hear about our great sponsorship packages. Not only would you be supporting our mission in building community, but we'll help get your message in front of the area's best, our amazing listeners. They're the best. It's a win-win-win, a win for you, a win for us, and a win for our awesome listeners that get the benefit of your great product or service. Again, my email is colin, C-O-L-L-I-N, at whoagnv.com. Hit me up, I will send you our sponsorship packages and help us continue to invest and build Gainesville, baby. And if you want to see the entire list of sponsors that make this show possible and get connected to them, make sure you check out whoagmv.com slash sponsors. Support all these great organizations. They are the ones making this happen. And we're going to get into another fantastic episode right now. You guys, today on the show, we have Joy and Danny Hughes, founder of Life on Plastic, a business that can help you reduce waste, reuse and refill everyday goods, and rethink your consumption habits. You guys, welcome to our show. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Absolutely. So, I, you guys were like brought to my attention by one of my former team members here, actually. Right. And shout out to Allison. She was <laughs> yeah. like, you have to get them on the show. They are so awesome. And I was like, absolutely, let's make that happen. So, I'm so glad that we finally made that happen yeah, and that definitely. you guys are here. So, I like to start with the story. I like to dive in and kind of hear how all of this came to be people always ask me where should I start I'm like wherever you would like right. yeah. <laughs> so, um, tell me your story so life on plastic uh, came about because we were working and operating Lucy's um, for six years I think yeah. um, okay, so you guys own and operate Lucy's yes. yes okay yeah so we have uh, the restaurant and we actually had two Lucy's at the time we only have we don't we, we shrunk it back down to one but um uh, I don't know I just was it kind of was a culmination of events um, from 
being in the bar business for so long, our mentors kind of taught us uh, bottom line business. You know, we really were, uh, that's kind of just how we operated for so long. And, and so that means kind of, as far as disposables are concerned, we would really get the cheapest thing because, you know, you, you need those thin margins to stretch as far as possible. And, and so that's how we operated for a long time. And uh, uh, six years into the business, my algorithms kind of on social media started to change and I, I was approached by um, a nice woman from the Sea Turtle Conservancy and she sent an email out that was basically like, hey, would you mind maybe um, switching to, not like changing out your straws, but just potentially switching to like an offer first policy? Would that be something that you're interested in? You know, sea turtles are affected by ocean plastics and that was her kind of her spiel on the whole thing. And to be honest with you, I kind of ignored it at first. And I happened to be at East End Eatery one day and eating eating breakfast. And I used to like to go there and, and uh, have breakfast and check my emails before I went into my office. And, um, and I noticed that their napkin caddy had a Sea Turtle Conservancy ad on it that was basically like, offer first, you know, like we, we have um, eco-friendly napkins and we don't, we won't, we don't have straws. They didn't have them at all, which I thought was pretty cool. And I was like, oh yeah, that email from, from Stacy, I should follow back with her on that. So I talked to Danny about it. And at first it, you know, as things happen in the restaurant business, change just kind of can be hard to come by. And so, um, and so we, I had to work on him a little bit for it, but that's what we did first. We did an offer first policy as opposed to when you train at restaurants, you just, the mechanics start kicking in. That's what you train people for is just put the straw in the drink and send it on out. Drink, drink goes uh, on the bar, straw goes on the drink, drink gets pushed. Yeah. And that's uh, like, so we had to retrain our people a little bit and we had to retrain our customers a little bit. Um, and, and that kind of kicked it off and it kind of snowballed from there. And all of a sudden I was really interested in lowering my waist all throughout the, lowering the waist all throughout the restaurant. Uh, and then also our waste at home. I just started really trying to figure it out. And I started realizing how kind of impossible it is um, in our current culture of consumerism, I guess, for, you know, that's, I guess, how I'd refer to it. But um, when I was doing it on a personal basis, I was having to order things from online and Publix wasn't really offering much to me. And you know, from um, anything that wasn't packaged in single-use plastics. It's just hard to find. And and so I thought, I kept thinking, I really want to have a store where I can go in and refill. Lucky's was around at the time, and so I started shopping there. Um, but for personal care goods, like deodorant or hair products or, you know, lip gloss, all those kinds of things, they all come in, in plastic, you know? So, um, they all come in plastic and then they're wrapped in plastic. Right, yeah. On the, top of It's that. like double packaging, basically. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, I just, I, I just started realizing how difficult it was and really wishing for a store. I discovered this store up in uh, Brooklyn that we actually ended up going to once. Um, and this woman, uh, she was a blogger. Um, her, I think her blog is Trashes for Tossers or something like that. And, and so I started following her. And that's what I mean when I talk about my algorithm started to change. Like things started kind of, it just started to change. And um, my lifestyle was changing. And I really wanted to bring balance from the waste that we were contributing, I guess, at the restaurants. Um, I wanted to find balance in my life as far as I was concerned. And so I thought, who better than me <laughs> to, uh, to create a retail store in Gainesville? Um, I really felt good about uh, being in a college town and kind of the average age is a little bit younger. We're also a very nature-oriented town. Um, so I knew that I would have the backing uh, as from the community. I just knew it in my gut that I would. Um, and so and so we went for it and it was Danny that actually found the space. We're in Thornbrook um, and he happened to be over there one day and kind of walked by and there was a four lease sign in the, in the you know, in the window. And he was like, do you really want to do this? Because I think I found your space. And so we went and checked it out the next day. I think we signed the lease the next week. And that was in um, 2018. 
Uh, so it's been around for a couple of years now. It's gone through a couple of evolutions and uh, it's evolving all the time. We're always bringing in new products because with plastic, you see it everywhere. It, it just is so encompassing in our lives at this point that there is no shortage of alternatives, to be honest with you. It's just the shortage of like who's making them. Is there you know an alternative that's maybe made regionally, hopefully locally? That's what I kind of try to lean towards. So, um, and, and that's how the store was created. It was just really me desiring exactly that and just kind of making it happen. I just jumped in feet first. Uh, never really worked in retail before, but <laughs> I was ready for the welcome. challenge, you know. Welcome so, to the yeah, world welcome. of retail. <laughs> I like it's it. Little, you know, I like it. Uh, and and my client, my you know, my client base is so thankful. I all the time they come in and they're like, I'm so happy this is here and please don't go anywhere. It's really cool. It's it's been a really well, it's fun very purpose filled, right? Yeah, it I really mean, is. It, yeah. I'm sure that they see that in you and and your mission and and doing it, right? Right. So I mean. It sounds like it was very organic. It Is kind that, of was, yeah. It was. I think that we, I think that when, when, and she's right, when she first came to me and said, hey, I want to do an offer first policy on straws, I, I'm pretty sure I literally rolled my eyes. <laughs> um, I think one of the things I mean, just we were, be straight with you, like, I would too. Yeah. yeah, I would have been the same. I mean, this yeah. was also it was, four years ago when we yeah. started doing this, so this is well before the shop even opened. And uh, we actually kicked off the program really close to Fest, if you're aware of Fest yep. in town. And that's a, generally speaking, is a very incredibly con like socially conscious group. And so, and they read every sign. That's, you know, so they walked in, they go, oh, cool. And so it just kind of was quick yeah. that our bar staff over that weekend, it's so busy, they were just, it was real quick that it happened. I so, think we, I think we just like took them off the bar. Yeah, we just <laughs> took know, them off we the were... bar one day, and they, but it was during that weekend, and so it, because of this, the, the the social consciousness of that group, it made it almost that that blow a little bit lighter. Like if we had done it, you know, Florida State weekend, like who knows how they'd have responded. <laughs> right. But we because we did it then, and then the ball kind of rolled downhill, and it was like, well, what else can we find? You know, and then and then it became stuff at home, and then it became like. And then it be, kind of became, you then know. Then we started composting our We started composting, and, we started, yeah. you know, paying attention to our recycling, and then you find out the story of recycling. And it's kind of, and the evolution of the shop, to me, from my point of view, because while we, we do own it together, like, this is very much her thing. And when we need stuff done, like, we just did a little remodel, um, and I helped her build some furniture. But for the most part, day to day, like, we talk about stuff all the time, but most decisions are hers. And uh, so a lot of the evolution in the shop has come with our personal evolution as well. When we start to realize these things on our personal level, I'll see things phase out of the shop. And I'll see these new products phase in that have a better use. And that's when we started, when you started doing refills and you have the bulk bar and you can buy shampoo and you can buy soap. Because before it was all about not it was all about like recyclable waste and, and compostable waste, and now it's about like no waste. Now it's about bring in your jar and fill up your shampoo. Okay, you so know? does that? But I probably jumped ahead like five steps there when I went that way. But yeah, but it, so is there cost savings in that, or is this more of like the mindset of like I'm helping the environment? So here's what I like how I like to answer that question because I get that a lot because some of the products that we have are more expensive than the conventional product that you would find in a supermarket or a pharmacy, and that like the deodorant. Uh, they are made with natural ingredients, so if that's important to you, being on your skin as opposed to maybe something that has aluminum in it or something that you don't know how to pronounce the, the word, you know, then, right. then so, like, Generally speaking, people will pay more for that because that is something that's important to them. But for people that maybe that's not important to them or they really have to be budget conscious because of their 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 situation, um, then what happened for me was we saved a ton of money uh, because I kind of just said was very steadfast about I'm no longer going to purchase that thing because it is packaged in single use plastic. So I was I mean, really is that where you were at, though? What do you mean? I mean, is that sorry? I just want to make sure I'm following following the story. Like, I guess where where did that where did you become passionate for it? You yeah, know, for, I mean, it, because you're 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 talking to Danny and he's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. rolling his eyes, right? So, so I mean, I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, I'm like, trying to kind of get the the transitional phase of like where did like when did you discover yourself becoming passionate about you know about the subject matter? Well, I think with the with the straw thing specifically. And 
we all saw that same video. Everybody saw the video of the sea turtle getting the straw pulled out of its face. Everybody saw it. And so it, that's a really quick, easy, like, yep, that's I can acknowledge that. That was definitely one of my moments. Yeah. I saw that, and, I, and and there was a relationship to it because it was a stir straw, which is, are only found in bars and restaurants. You know, you wouldn't have those at home. So for and people who might not know what you're talking about. Oh, it's the little one. No, I'm just, yeah, oh, no, no, I'm talking about, like, the video itself. Oh, yeah. There's There's a video of a turtle who's got one of these stir straws like up its nose, I believe. Yeah, way up its nose and they're pulling it out with pliers and it's obviously very painful yeah. for the animal. Um, and so and so for me, it was just kind of like, well, I, I kind of immediately had a kind of a personal attachment to that because while it's not likely that those that was one of my stir straws, I mean, there's nothing to say that one of my stir straws hasn't ended up in the belly of something at some point in time, you know. So, so that really bothered me. And 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 the more I learned, it was, it's been a learning process more than anything. It really has been such a journey of like, uh, edu- an, like a second education almost. You what, know, what really caused you to want to learn and to dive more into it? I, 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 I guess I just have an affinity for wildlife. You okay. know, I care about wildlife, okay. and I grew up, you know, with dogs and horses, and um, and I've always had the empathy, you know, for for advocating for those that cannot advocate for themselves, and and so that was a pull for sure. Um, as far as like turning it into a business, I think. I mean, from an entrepreneurship standpoint, I could see that there was a vacancy in the market. And and so that those two things kind of connected for me and I was off to the races, you know, I was ready to do it. Um, and, and the more research I did, the more I was like, wow, all of these products, nobody knows about this stuff. We, you know, how, how can I, just like you were talking about um, kind of lifting up Gainesville people, I thought that it would be so, Fun and 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 also beneficial to lift up um, businesses and brands that are kind of doing it with an eco mindset. You know, they they think about their product and um, and you know how it's being used, obviously. But they also think about what happens after we're done with it and what happens with the like the discard process. Um, I think that, another part of your story that I don't think that you're necessarily aware of is that she is like a, a um like a detail like monster she she needs as much information as possible and so as the algorithm started to change as she starts seeing more and more of this stuff she starts searching for more and more stuff and she starts finding more and more information um it, there was a time that it seemed like every day we would have a conversation about i saw this today i learned this today yeah. I, and so I think the passion from from where I'm sitting did come very much from those who can't advocate for themselves, but it also came from this kind of deluge of information that she unloaded on herself of the story of plastic, the story of recycling, the story of single-use products, the story of like how discarding, like how easily we discard so much stuff. And she just kind of consumed all of that information at such a high-speed rate that it just, it it kicked her. I her felt drive. so unbalanced, you know, the, like, I mean, it was like I was saying with the restaurants, like, uh, because restaurants are absolutely not eco-friendly. I mean, we have zero waste at our restaurants about as much as it possibly can be, but there's still, there's still demons in there, but it's definitely well, there's just not. a lot of trash. Yeah. I mean, and especially through COVID, like we, you know, we had to switch back to disposables, which we've just recently transitioned back to, you know, the reusables and washing dishes and stuff. But um, I mean, we were doing tons of to-go food. And uh, even when we opened back up outside, you know, we, we were using disposables because I think that that was, uh, you know, something that people were concerned about for a really long time. And, and now I think that it's starting to transition back a little bit. You'll start to see, um, you know, maybe even and bigger coffee shops, maybe even like Starbucks or whatever, allow you to bring your mug back in or whatever. But um, to circle back to your question too, and thinking about it as we're talking, like yeah. uh, I really got kind of angry with with the systems that are in place. Um, and and so that's a fire under me as well. Is like, we need some big systemic change to try to um, alleviate some of the pressures that, and, and some of the, you know, just the overall, um, the the waste that we produce as a society. Um, and and that doesn't seem like it's gonna happen quickly. So, so this is a great way for a community. Uh, I think there should be a, sto- a zero waste or a refill store in every, in every town, you know, um, maybe as per- 
as many as there is, you know, a CVS or whatever, like they really should be more accessible be, and I, because I think people respond really well to them. And, uh, and once you get used to the process, um, you can really see how, how easy it is to, to make it happen, you know, and, and to kind of break free from um, these big brands that sell us these goods, but then don't have any kind of idea on how they're going to clean up their mess, you know? And I'm talking about like the big ones, like Coca-Cola, Nestle, I'm calling you guys out because <laughs> it, it really is that, you know, they they don't, they, they take our resources, they make their products, they sell them to us, and then there's no follow-up afterwards. Um, and on top of know. that, they charge us with dealing with the problem. Right. You need to recycle, you need to take care of this, but yeah. when it's them that's actually creating. Yeah, the responsibility of, of all of this trash is kind of left on our shoulders um, when, when we don't, we have recycling, you know, in the US, we have a great recycling program as good as I think as it, it can be every city's a little bit different um, and we still need to continue to recycle but it's not going to fix we can't recycle our way out of this issue as far as I'm concerned um, and so it's important to have options and and that's kind of what I do that's kind of what I provide I curate these products and and the the inventory and then um, and then you can come in and it's kind of a one-stop shop you can get all different kinds of life goods, you know, um, from dog treats that are not packaged in those little zippy bags to, um, you know, bamboo toothbrushes, what have you. So it's really exciting. Cool. I know it doesn't sound exciting, but well, that, that's actually, I was kind of like, you kind of naturally went there. Cause I was going to say, describe your store to me. Yeah. You know, like I think yeah. for our listeners, it's like, okay, like what is, what does this mean? Right. What does a zero waste store mean? Um, uh, I mean, how do you, how do you pitch it in 30 seconds? You know, oh, like, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> like what, so what I think sets us apart, um, from, and from any bulk retail or grocery store is that we're full service. So I kind of blended my hospitality background with the little bit that I know about retail. I just kind of went retail and then I and then I came right back to the hospitality. So we do all of the filling. You don't have to worry about any of that yourself. We provide the jars for you. Uh, and we try to do everything in a very circular basis. So like uh, if you have a pasta jar or a pickle jar at your house and you wanna bring it to us and put soap or whatever into it um, or just donate it to us. We'll clean it uh, out and then send it off to the, with the next person. And people really like that. So I think uh, what the store is, is just a way for you to be able to consume on an average basis, but without all of the waste. And we, we focus on reducing, uh, refilling, and rethinking our consumption cycle, you know, our style. So are the habits. products that you're selling like just typical household mm-hmm. type products? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean we have locally made soaps, we have um, yeah, personal care, cleaning supplies, laundry supplies, uh, some pet care, um, even some cosmetics, you know. It, the 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 list varies and it kind of fluctuates as I learn what people respond to um, and 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 it's always growing until I run out of space. But then maybe, you know, there will be a bigger space somewhere down the line. We've had many discussions about, do I drop this and bring this? Or do I find a room for this? Mm. Because as, as the journey goes forward for her, so does the journey go forward for the shop. Because yeah. the shop has to, I mean, there, there's a physical confine of space. And her and her and Kat have gotten incredibly creative with how to use the space. It's very vertical. There's a lot of like shelf space on the wall. Um, and the same as with when she was consuming all this information and like finding all these things out, it's the same with the products. Every, all the time, there's new stuff on my account. Like, what is that? <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, that's, uh, we carry bulk olive oil, olive oil now. Like, what? You know, or yeah. this really, really well, great balsamic vinegar that we have in the house now. It's like after Lucky's closed, and because uh, they had some of those options, I shopped there a lot actually. Um, and um, after they closed, and then I guess 
really when COVID hit, it was like, okay, we, we can, I think that we, the best way to sustain is to make it where people don't have to necessarily go into the grocery store. Um, now I don't have everything and I don't have fresh produce and things like that, but pantry staples like olive oil or apple cider vinegar or beans or rice, uh, you can find that stuff at my store now. And I think that really helped me, um, find new customers through COVID and now I'm moving forward. People are really excited about it. One of the biggest drivers through COVID was actually toilet paper <laughs> because people were constantly looking for it and then bleach was gone and then disinfectants were gone. Yeah. And either me or her or a fan of the shop or the girl that works with her there, Kat, people will go on Gaines of Mouth or, or one of those pages and go, anybody seen toilet paper? Life on Plastics got it. Anybody yeah. seen bleach? We don't have that, but we have this. Anybody seen this? We don't have that, but we have this. Mm. Yeah. And so that was a big drive. It was kind of, it kind of got to be kind of humorous to me when I would see this going on and all these people are going like, no toilet paper anywhere. And like, Life on Plastics got it. Like, what? What are you talking about? Link to the store. And there they are, you know? Yeah, I never ran out. Never ran out. <laughs> <laughs> Had that secret supplier, I guess. <laughs> no, I actually, like, uh, we switched over to, like, the restaurant rolls, like, the really big unwrapped ones. People bought them, though. I had um, one lady get, like, a whole case of them, and then she picked them up. And I'm like, I didn't realize these were so big. Like, lifetime supply. You're, you are all set. <laughs> uh, the general. Yeah. It doesn't so, fit on my wall. You know, <laughs> if there's a need that people that people have and they ask me about it, I will just, I will do my level best to find them a low waste alternative. And and I think I've done that. You know, um, I, I would love to be in a bigger store one day. Maybe you know I don't know what what's going to happen over the next few years. Um, do you need a bigger store now? Like um, from a if I had simple? one, I have a laundry list of things that I could put in it for sure. Wow. I would just need some equipment. How much know. space do you have right now? Uh, it's like 1200 feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there it's like the main floor space downstairs and then we have some storage upstairs. Um, and we just moved everything around. So I think we created a little bit of extra space. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely a waiting list for me and and uh and we'll we'll see how that how that kind of pans out so you said you know just a little bit ago that you know you could see or you see like a need for a zero waste store in cities all over the place right yeah. i mean is that part of your vision is that something that this could turn into or is that beyond the scope of what you want to do personally so i i think i would be I don't know, <laughs> I guess is really the short answer. Uh, I don't know if I can envision a bunch of life on plastics all over the place, but what I could see myself doing is maybe consulting people that wanna start their own uh, refill store uh, or zero waste store. Um, I think, and the reason why is because, and I've thought a lot about this, is because I really think it needs to be tailored to your community. I think that whoever owns it needs to kind of um, go out at, at initially and, and try to um, communicate with as many local makers as they can uh, to try to keep um, the resources in their community and, and like I said, showcase those those people that are, are making those things. Um, so I really think it just needs to be tailored to your community and what they need and what they're, what they're requesting. So I would hate to kind of, um, I don't know, try to twin up the shop over and over and over again or, or replicate it, I guess, exactly, because I don't think this iteration of Life in Plastic will work everywhere. You know, I think it needs to be, um, you know, if you live in a beach town, you might have more things for outdoors, you know, or if you live um, somewhere that's more of a food desert, you might want to try to grow herbs in the window. I mean, who knows? It's The sky's kind of the limit as far as it's concerned. Like I was mentioning, there's really, because of the way plastic pervades into our our everyday life, there's really no shortage of, of trying to find alternatives to that and trying to kind of um, problem solve as you as you go along. So I think I think it would be cool to consult people and try to get them going. And and, you know, we've started four businesses now. So so we have. Um, some experience like getting licensing done, you know, all of that behind the scenes things that when you're dreaming up your, 
you know, your business plan, it, those aren't necessarily the things, the, the red tape that you have to go through. It's not something that you always consider. It certainly wasn't when we opened Lucy's, I feel like. So. It, it, it's not, and it's, I mean, you own a business in Gainesville. Um, not to say that Gainesville is unhelpful, but you can't, zoning is not necessarily gonna be able to help you answer your questions about your application. You know, so they can tell you when it's wrong. They can't necessarily tell you what's wrong. So, so I don't know if that's pertinent or not. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it is. Uh, I, th I think and it's I think, always pertinent. Yeah, I think, and I think every uh, city ha has those same kind of um, hoops that you have to jump through. Yeah. And so if, if there's somebody uh, maybe holding your hand through that process a little bit. And also to say, I tried that and it did not work. You know, I think that that's worth something as well, you know? Um, so, because I've tried a lot of things that have not worked, you know? And, and w I was able to do that because we still have the restaurant um, kind of, it, it helped me be able to focus on the store without necessarily having to make a living from the store immediately. And, and I think I could help people bypass that, that, you know, that growing, the growing pains, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's been very organic t to this point. So yeah. maybe just let it keep going. Maybe it. I mean, I have in. definitely gotten, uh, before COVID, I was getting an email probably once or twice a month from someone uh, in another state or in another town in Florida that was like, I really want to do a store like yours. Cool. Uh, like, what can you tell me? And, and I always took the time to answer their questions because I did the same thing when I was opening. You know, I, I, there, I did not create this concept, you know, that it right. has existed and it exists in small places. You know, there's, there's lots out in California. There's one in Brooklyn, like I was talking about before and, uh, you know, Denver. Um, so I reached out to, uh, somebody in Tacoma and Washington and was like, how do you do the refills? You know, what do you, how do you, how do you, like, what's the process there? And I mean, in, it's not hard. You just have. You just need some scales that can weigh things, and and that's basically it. You know, there really wasn't much to it. Um, but I, but I, but I did need a little bit of help to kind of like figure some things out. And so now that I have that all figured out, I, I feel like um, it. It would be. It wouldn't be helpful to the whole movement for me to just kind of hold those those that knowledge inside you know and not share it so um yeah yeah it 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 would be my pleasure to help people open up their own stores um okay well it sounds like i mean it sounds like lucy's in particular definitely had the the impact uh, on this or new organization right it's yeah like, uh, that's where the attention what 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 are the other businesses that you guys own and did they have Similar impact? Uh, we had a Lucy's in Hale Plantation for a little while, okay. actually for seven years. Um, it was wildly successful. Um, we sold it and just kind of walked away from it, um, which was the best, uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, well, I had opened the store. She had opened the store yeah. and I, my personal mental health at that really just needed to, I need to unload that. Um, and then I had, I also, after that, I opened a restaurant in High Springs called Headwaters. Um, that is in the same, in very much the same way that Life on Plastic is ours, but it's very much Joy's. Headwaters is ours, but it's very much mine. Um, where Lucy's was us together, and we have two business partners there. Um, so, so you still have Headwaters? Yes. Okay. I do. We made it through COVID. <laughs> it was. It was such a baby. It was like, it was like four months old. Yeah. When it happened, and I mean, Life in Plastic was barely over a year when COVID happened, mm -hmm. and we hit the panic button pretty hard, you know. And, and so, but we made it, and yeah, it's it's been 
and a lot of, and in some ways it was actually beneficial you know I figured out that was when I really made the transition back to uh, initially it was kind of a self-serve at Life on Plastic it was very self-serve as far as the refills were concerned and and I and I did notice that that was awkward for some people like they would bring in their big Dawn bottles which is great bring in your Dawn bottles you know like reuse that stuff instead of throwing it out um, but it didn't quite fit underneath our dispenser so it's a little awkward and then like the mess was kind of you know they would get laundry powder all over the place so that was <laughs> something else that we were dealing with but it was that was fine you know whatever and um and then when COVID hit we were like okay people are not going to want to self-serve these they're not going to want to necessarily bulk like buy something that somebody else had a bunch of access to because you just don't you're just you just don't know you know I think people are a lot more germ aware these days and so what we did was we made it the like a, a full service like we do all of the refilling you still shop around for like your deodorant and things like that but but we're doing all of the filling now and I think people really like that it makes this the whole thing a lot more streamlined you can bring in your containers and it doesn't matter what they are we are not particular at all um like people bring in tupperwares people bring in big jars little jars it really doesn't matter and so when we started refilling you know you can drop that off and go eat lunch and when you get back it's all ready for you you know so I really was able to kind of blends back into like this hospitality background that I've been doing for so long and and I really feel comfortable there. I really like being able to kind of give people an experience. You know, you don't really necessarily uh, think about that when you go like grocery shopping or, or in a pharmacy or whatever. Um, the experience probably isn't the first thing that that pops into your mind, uh, except for I really don't want to go grocery shopping. Um, but but I think that people come in and it's a little boutique-y, but, um, but they come in and they feel really comfortable and then they leave just kind of, uh, it's like a guilt-free shopping experience. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, if you're kind of tuned into what's happening with, um, with like plastic pollution and, and how uh, a little out of control I think it is at this point, which isn't the fault of the consumer. I will say that. I'm not here to shame anyone about using things that are packaged in plastic. That is not my goal today um, at all. <laughs> uh, and it's never my goal to, to, to try to make people feel bad about their regular consumption habits. It's just that once you try, like kind of realize what's going on, um, plastic producers are, are, are not ever, you know, going to stop without some huge systemic changes and and that's not our fault like I don't I didn't wake up and ask that tide laundry detergent be in this giant you know plastic jug right you know I was fine with the the powder in the box you know what I mean so it seems um, like such an uphill battle does that discourage you absolutely yeah. I get overwhelmed a lot with um with kind of the the bigness of it all because I'm just one little store in Gainesville. Um, but collectively, I think we all really could make uh, you know, a big difference. And we, and really what it is is kind of like holding these bigger brands accountable and, and, and signaling to them when we buy these other things, even if we have to spend a little bit more. And, and what I was touching on before was I ended up saving a lot of money when we went, when we, you know, went plastic free is like kind of a, is a little misleading because I'm, I'm, you know, we are not plastic free. It's nearly impossible in the society that we live in today, but we, we've made, big strides. And that's and what I was going to add was like, you can try all you want. It's going to be almost impossible. Yeah. But, but that's because there's a lack of options. And so, um, and so if, if we have better options and we're allowed, and we have, um, you know, the, the path towards it and it might not be with these big brands that we've known our, our whole lives then that signals to them that you know change is kind of coming and uh and i think that they will i think that eventually hopefully you know that's the idea is that they'll respond i've joked before that i mean my end goal is to actually be put out of business because i'll never be able to compete with like super big box stores mm. um but if they start doing what i'm doing then i'm kind of you know uh, obsolete, and I'll figure out something else to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it sounds like, I mean, serial entrepreneurs, I'm sure it yeah. wouldn't be hard. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like you, you spend all your time 
like with Life on Plastic? I don't. Oh, no. I split my time. Oh, you uh, split it. Yeah. So I am I am at the store four days a week probably, and then two, sometimes three days a week, I'm working on the restaurant stuff. So okay. uh, the way that we kind of um, split, we. It, I think it's worked so well is because we have such a different set of skills. You know, uh, Danny's really great at managing, and um, he's a very hands-on and technical person. So uh, we have showed like live music and everything at Lucy's. So he takes care of all of that, um, and and you know he knows how to cook really well. So he deals with all of the menu stuff. Um, I have more the, the responsibilities of uh, kind of the financials, um, and I do the design work for the menu. Um, I mean, I get help with that too, but, uh, and, I, and I do the social media. So, so I'm doing the social media for all three businesses. Uh, well, no, just Lucy's and you do the social media for Headwaters mostly. Which is, which is very, honestly very obvious that she doesn't do the social media for Headwaters. <laughs> <laughs> it's very clear when you see it, like this isn't the same person. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and then I do most of the stuff for, for the store. Uh, I do have a really great store manager um, who I could not live without at this point. So um, so she she takes on a lot, a lot for me and I really appreciate that. Um, and we have good people at both, both of our restaurants, you know, so. So I'm not alone in it, but but I do the books for all three, and so that's kind of what I try to catch up on on the days that I'm not there, uh, cool. like physically in the store. I could literally have a, like a whole podcast on just running three businesses, and like what, the, <laughs> <laughs> like how do you do it? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I mean, yeah, we, we, I mean, we can definitely dive down that <laughs> entire path. It's been another three hours here tonight. For sure. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, well, it, but, and during during COVID. And it's so it's so encompassing because I mean everybody knows what we what everybody's been through. It's so right. encompassing. My job changed a lot during COVID, mm. and hers really didn't. You know, it's like she's kind of been still doing the same thing. So I've kind of found myself listless a little bit. So when she asked me a couple months like a month ago, can you build furniture? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, I got to do something. You know? No, we built a bar for the store. We did, yeah, basically. Cool. Yeah, so you can walk up to the bar. Uh, we'll call it a counter. Yeah. Since it's not a bar, but um, yeah, you can walk up to the counter and order now. Uh, it was a little chopped up the way that we had it. Um, the store was a little bit chopped up, so I wasn't loving the flow. So I went to cat. I think in February or something. I was like, I have an idea, but I think you're gonna hate me. And then yesterday we flipped everything around. She's like, I think this is the best idea you've ever had. You know. <laughs> so we're both really digging it. It looks it looks really great inside the store now. And the the joke about this has kind of been is that they did create this bulk. It's it's a where all the bulk stuff is. It's a bulk bar now, and uh, they were both formerly bartenders who left bartending because they didn't want to bartend anymore <laughs> and now they're back to being bartenders. But we just pour soap now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different kind of bar. It's a little but... different. Yeah, it's a little different. Well, let me, let me transition a little bit, I guess I should say. Like, the plastic straw thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to like bring this back to the plastic because this, like, this was like a big It was a huge deal. thing. Yeah. Like, and, and I kind of like, and I kind of see both so, sides. So, so you're on Gainesville and, word of mouth. <laughs> well, I kind of see both sides. I mean, I think a lot of times it's like, uh, you know, it's uh, it's that pri your priorities might be different than somebody else's sure. priorities, and I think that's where a lot of that usually comes into play. Yeah. Is like, is this like really what we need to be spending our time on right this second? So, so, so I'm kind of yeah. This is where I'm going with this. <laughs> I'm kind of interested knowing that you guys are like the zero waste people of Gainesville. Like, yeah. you, like you're you're my my crew in this, right? So. What 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 is your what do you say to all the people who miss their plastic straws and and when all that was kind of going down? I'm no, very curious. I would say that if you want to use a plastic straw, then you should you should, you should have the right and the ability to go ahead and do that. That is your choice, 100. Uh, percent What I also will say to that is that the zero waste movement has kind of been reduced down to plastic straws and plastic bags. That just happened to be my personal story. Was I saw you know that yeah. that was like my kind of just the journey that I was on was kind of kicked off with that. And right. that was the first thing that we felt like we were really able to do at the restaurants to kind of make that, you know, kind of start switching off of styrofoam. And, you know, all of those things are really bad, but but plastic straws have really become like this, 
Uh, it's just a joke, you know, it really is. At the end of the day, it's it's a joke. But um, I and I don't think that the zero like zero waste or environmentalist or uh, you know activists for for this topic ever really wanted it to be that way. But mm-hmm. I will say it got us all talking and it got us all thinking about it. That's and true. I and I think that the, there's a positive in that. Um, I I have to laugh a little bit at the at how like some people are like over my dead body. Will you take my plastic <laughs> straw? Uh, because people who like pull out like yeah. a whole bunch of plastic straws out of because, their pockets. Because I, because to me, <laughs> like, it's like I've I seen some just, awesome memes through you know, this as well. I, oh, I, I have watched. It. I have watched customers leave the restaurant, go to Publix, buy straws, come, come back, back and put it yeah. in their drink, <laughs> and, and then and like make a show about it. Yeah. And it's just kind of. Like I said, it's not my job to shame anyone about the usage that they have now. But what who who I want to reach are the people that are listening to this and going, wait a second. Wow, all of my stuff is actually packaged in plastic. I realize that that's probably not the best thing for the environment. How can I reduce that at home? What can I do to make this situation a little bit better? Right. And, and so uh, my my um, you know my my group, my people probably uh, probably aren't so interested necessarily in the plastic straw issue. They're you know they're thinking okay. beyond that and a little yeah. bit bigger than that. So. You know, it's so interesting. I feel like, I just feel like, uh, you know, it's something as simple as a straw that just, like, instantly makes everything very political. (laughs) And and then, like, you, like, have, like, legit conversations. You have, like, legit conversations. It's like, like, you know what? Like, no, like, taking care of the environment is important. (laughs) Right? Right. But also, like, does plastic straws need to be prioritized above all of these other important governmental things that we need to be taking care of? And so so that's where it usually, like, comes into play, I think, is that it's, like, super hot. Like, everybody would generally agree yeah okay the other interesting side of that question to me is that we have two different answers for that question okay because her answer is way more intelligent and thoughtful than mine is (laughs) and my answer is is the plastic straw is an example of something that you didn't really need in the first place that you can do without because the reality is is that and, and the first thing people, not the first thing, but immediately people love to jump to, like my father has epilepsy, then your father should have a plastic straw and I never said take it away from him. But you as a completely able-bodied adult, you don't need a straw to drink your drink. You don't put a straw in your cup at home and the whole trope about your glasses aren't clean, I mean, we gotta talk about like logic at this point and like the outside and the inside are the same product so what goes in here, it doesn't matter if you put your lips on the glass or not, you're getting it in, in your drink. And it is a great example of like, here's some, here's one minor thing you can change. Next stop, plastic bags. Next stop, Ziplocs, you know? So to me, that was the point of the plastic straw. And it did get politicized and it was turned into a joke and everybody had their numbers. That's like 0.01% of all plastic waste is straws. If you could see the volume of what 0.01% of plastic waste actually looked like, you probably wouldn't say that anymore. And that's, that's, but you can't get, you can't tell people that, you know, it's like there's a mountain of trash and, but my, and and it's, but my, my straw or it's not that straw or whatever. And it was supposed to be a simple example from my point of view. And it got blown up into a political conversation. It got blown up into invading people's personal choices. And that just wasn't what it was supposed to be. It's kind of a useless item. It doesn't really have a purpose. I mean, you can stir your drink with a toothpick. It, it'll be <laughs> fine, you know? You can stir your drink with your finger. I see people do it all the time. Um, I and just go like this. Yeah, I mean, there was <laughs> whatever, whatever happened to the shake, you know? And so, so I, I see it different than she does. Like I said, her answer is way more articulate. But for me, that's what I've always latched onto. When people say something about it, um, what happened to plastic straws? Like, you don't need a straw. You'll be fine. And, uh, you know, maybe it would have been better if there just was not a, uh, a straw replacement. Because I think what... <laughs> right? like, well, you know, part of it, part I think part of it, they're like, you know, I'll say pissed off the plastic straw people. is like yeah. you start going to restaurants and now you got paper floating in your Lots cup. And like, the paper and like, this is like, <laughs> this is fact. ridiculous. Yeah. This straw has like disintegrated yeah. into my drink. And, and from like, a restaurant perspective, they're three, four times the cost. I mean, they're expensive, yeah. you know? So so I get it. I really do from both, <laughs> from all sides. And I, and I wouldn't even say that, not, I don't mean to like to completely disagree with you. No, but, <laughs> no I'm just saying like, but I, I, but I defend I do the think plastic. What else do you guys do disagree think, on? 
I do think husband that wife episodes are the best, by the way. Right? I'm sure. I do think that some people need a straw, and if they if that's their personal preference, like uh, you know, we talk about that so much at the store. Like whatever your personal preference is, I will try to accommodate that, you know, and and so. Uh, and so I, I just think it was, it, it made the whole movement kind of dumbed down to this one item. And people were asking really good questions like, well, what about the lid that the straw goes into? And it's right. valid. It's a valid, <laughs> it's a valid point. point, you know? And yes, actually, we should get rid of those too. You know, we really do need to phase out these single use plastics that are just so prevalent. And and until we have better solutions, and I think it's going to be, it's going to be an uphill climb. But um but it's not impossible to kind of get away from it or to opt out of it if you want to, you know? And then I think that those kinds of like citywide bans, which I think is kind of what we're touching on in a roundabout way, <laughs> is that is that what that does is it kind of just forces the community to um, think of alternatives, you know? And, some, and, and in some situations, especially with environmental issues, policy is really the only way that those things are gonna change. And I, you know, I, I don't, always know how I feel about that. You know, I, I can see both sides of that coin. And 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 so um, I think maybe we should just kind of do it on our own, right? Like, wouldn't that be nice? I, I know that's not always gonna work out, especially with these big companies and, and plastic manufacturers. Like, they want to make plastic and they want you to consume it. And they're going to do everything that they can to ensure that they remain in business, you know? So it's, it's, it's very, it's a very big issue um, that I only deal with like one little aspect of it, and sure. I and I'm not here to. I can't solve the world's problems, you know. We can't do that from sitting in these chairs for sure, and so we just have to do what we can do. And 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 what's that Steve Earle quote? Every day. Every day on Earth is a chance. Oh man, you killed me. Anyway. <laughs> Every day on earth is a chance to do something. I gotta find it now because it's gonna drive me insane. Um, the other, just with with the politicization of it, um, you live in Gainesville or in the nearby area. You're obviously, again, you've seen these things. People rail against these things because people that they didn't want elected did them. And so at some point in time, we took lead out of paint. It was just a thing that happened. Whether the government did it or not, I don't really know. But at some point in time, it took the lead out of pain. It was just gone one day. No one got upset about that. If people had just showed up at McDonald's one day and there's no more plastic straws, we probably wouldn't have the argument. But because the city commission did this, now it's a political issue. And now it's something we want to be upset about. That's a very interesting perspective. But I mean, because like, you think about all the things we've, I mean, at some point there was lead and gasoline. And all of a sudden one day, you know, somebody was like, hey, we shouldn't do that anymore. Like, hey, you're right. And now there's no, you know. So if plastic straws just disappeared, you don't think anybody would have been like, where did the plastic straws go? I think go? people would have been mildly inconvenienced and slightly annoyed for a little while and then they would have gotten quickly adjusted to the fact that there is no plastic straw and they would have been fine. I mean the reality is is that we're really kind of adaptable creatures. We kind of we kind of adapt really quickly to our surroundings and you know if you're if you tell someone they can't have it, they want it. But if you just make a situation where it's not available, they don't think about it. You know, there's a um Alan Carr wrote a book uh, called the easy way out is about quitting smoking. One of the things he said was when you tell somebody you can't have a cigarette, they panic. But no one panics going on an eight-hour flight because they just know it's not possible. Hmm. And so you kind of using that logic, it, it does kind of work that way where it's like, if it's just gone, you'll, you're going to get over it pretty quickly. I like, I like it. I think it's a very interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, and I think what, you know, we don't have to talk about straws forever. I don't, I don't want this to be the, And that, that's the other part of it yeah, is we you know, always feeling, talk about straws. I have straws. a feeling that our audience is going to be very, like, you know, grateful that we did yeah. and didn't, like, ignore this fact well, there's, that there's every plastic straws Earth. were, like, this huge topic for a right. while, especially given the fact that the zero waste yeah. people are here on the show. Like, how yeah. did you not bring up plastic straw? How could of you course, not? had yeah. to. So. Yeah. And, and there's just there's just a lot of forces fighting against it, and, you know, and, and there are a lot of forces fighting for it. And I think... Uh, as long as we can, um, you know, just try to have more circular economies and minds, then the plastic straws at the end of the day, they won't matter. Yeah. Because what we want to do instead of, you know, right now we work in a very linear waste system. We, we take resources, we make products, and then we, we 
we discard them. And uh, and so what Zero Waste talks about more in depth uh, than than particular items, you know, that that might may or may not be politicized is is kind of creating a community. Um, a, you know, a society where we take those resources, we either reuse them or repair them, uh, and we, we keep them in the system but and, until they're obsolete or until they have to go away, you know, and then we waste them. But only when all of those other options are exhausted do we really actually throw something away. And, and I think, so that's, you know, it can be so mundane and kind of boring to talk about trash and uh, and recycling and waste reduction. But I really think on a base level, the zero waste movement is more of like a, it's like these this tiny wave or it's growing wave really, because the, the, the movement I think is really, really growing of all of these really tiny, like radical acts of rebellion against this super off the rails, throwaway consumer society that we've found ourselves in, you know? And it, like I was saying before, it was kind of under our noses that this happened, you know? And the, the 1950s was when plastic was invented, maybe 40s, 50s. And, and even up until I want to say like 20, in the 2000s, it was ramping up, but then you can see like the plastic production graph and it just skyrockets mm-hmm. at some point. And it's going to continue to do that. And so when when we were growing up, you know, you didn't, you saw litter and there were litter campaigns and there were recycling campaigns and people were talking about it and Envi- environmentalists have always existed, you know? I think something that a lot of people like to talk about with the plastic bag situation is like, the reason why plastic bags became so common in grocery stores and everything was because there was a, there was a campaign pain to save plastic or to save trees and because we were cutting down so many trees to make paper bags. So it was kind of like we created this solution <laughs> that now has turned into this huge problem. And um, and so now we just have to create new solutions and we really have to maybe even like revert back to, um, sorry, uh, we have to maybe even revert back to like some of those practices that our grandmothers and our great grandmothers and, and before that were using. Um, and, and But in a modern sense, you know, we have all of this technology and I think we can use it and 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 so the the circular economy will hopefully be something that takes on uh, and I think normalizing those kinds of actions and those kinds of habits, which is what I do, um, makes it okay for people to to kind of leave these things that they've grown up with. Like, have you ever used anything but a tube of toothpaste? You know, I mean, it's just something that we're so accustomed to. We've just, or a plastic toothbrush, you know what I mean? Like, these are things that we've been using for years and years and years and our whole lives basically. So anything outside of that feels really uncomfortable and mm-hmm. and kind of weird. But but what's what's really weird is to me now from where I'm sitting is is uh is actually using these things that um, that don't biodegrade. Like they, you know, they they break down into little tiny pieces of plastic. Like that's not that's not necessarily normal. You know, if you really sit down and think about it, we're using a substance just just so. I mean, like like I said, the you know the the business of plastic has exploded in even the last decade, and will continue to do so. Um, and and so we're using this substance that's made from oil and and gas and it, it kind of has nowhere to go when we're done with it and we and and we have been conditioned to believe that that's a really normal behavior and and so i think what life on plastic and other refill stores it's kind of not like this you know tree hugging kind of thing you know it's really like what can we do to kind of get back to in it in a 2021 sense, but get back to, um, you know, something that's a little bit, a little bit lighter, you know, a little slower. Uh, I think we're, we're all really busy all of the time. We love convenience. Um, and that's not necessarily something that's sustainable in a, in a, for the long term. And I read something recently that was basically like, um, uh, you know, environmental issues will, will, regulate themselves either by destruction or by design. Hmm. And and that kind of that kind of hit me, you know, because we're either going to continue to use and use and use and use all of these resources and just uh, kind of kick the can down the road as far as the waste is concerned and 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 leave that for 
future generations, um, or we can st- or we can be the people that really address the problem now and 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 say enough is enough. You know, let's get back to some something that's a little bit more natural and a little bit for me a little bit more normal. You know, so okay. Well, before we wrap up, why don't you like what's like one tip if our you know listening audience at home has never you know they're they're used to their ways yeah. What, what, like, what's the first thing? Like, what's the first tip? What's the one thing that they could do to kind of to to start today? Today, and number this new one. Avenger? My number one uh, advice actually has nothing to do with my store. Um, would be to compost your food waste. Uh, it, as soon as you can get your food waste out of your trash can, you can more easily assess what else is going into it and you can kind of take it from there. Uh, we have a really great composting program in uh, that's ramping up. Um, I think there used to be Gainesville compost several years back uh, and they used to actually bike around and like pick up your po- compost. Um, and once they stopped their um, operations, uh, Beaten Path Compost kind of picked up their um, where they left off and he shout out to Stefan I think he's doing like the dirty job that really none of us wants to do he literally plays with people not plays with it but you know what I mean <laughs> like he gets into people's food waste on a daily basis and and I think it's such a uh, it's such an easy way to really make an impact um, when we throw our food away it kind of gets locked into landfills uh, especially where all of our stuff goes to a landfill and so it gets locked into the landfill it creates methane gas and it contributes to greenhouse gases and all of the these things, but when you can take it out of your trash can and get it out of the landfill and into a compost bin, whether or not you do that with a service or in your backyard, um, you can even compost in an apartment if you have a, you know, if you want to learn about that, you can do like a worm bin or whatever. Um, and so I think that by doing that, uh, you know, you're you're now creating a resource, right? Because in a few months, it'll be this really rich soil and this really rich compost that you can use uh, to grow food or and so that's what that's what he does is he actually has a bucket swap program, which is what we do because we're pretty busy. We don't um, we tried to do our own compost and it was largely unsuccessful. We just ended up having like ah, it was weird. Um, it was just it was like ash or it something. Was. I don't know. We weren't we weren't getting like the the ratios right. You have to get like greens and browns is kind of what they refer to it as. And so um, but with with beaten path compost, the, they you buy a bucket from them and then once a week he'll swap the bucket with you and you get a clean one. So it's from, you know, like a from the work that you have to do, you just scrape everything into the bucket and that's it. That's the whole, you know, that's the whole work. And and once I was able to start composting, um, yeah, it's it, it really makes the rest of it seem pretty, pretty easy. Uh, I guess the second thing that I would say is like, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it's really a journey and, it, and, and or I guess, you know, it's not it's not like a sprint. Like it's going to be one thing here, one thing there. I don't want to interrupt people's like you feel like you have to like change overnight because that's just not going to happen. Um, and, it, and it can be overwhelming to like kind of look around and just realize like all of the little things that you have that that uh, that you can't recycle or whatever the case may be. And um, and so, you know, if you just take it kind of one thing at a time, then it really doesn't it really becomes a lot more uh, doable, I think. So um I, I also have a different have a perspective simply based on the fact that <laughs> the zero waste movement, generally speaking, what she does and, and who comes into the shop is predominantly female. Um, the, this, the whole idea- We are of, seeing a lot more men. You are seeing a lot more, but for the most part, I mean, the, the, the predominant idea is that it, it's a very female driven thing. Men, you know, they feel like it's almost encroaching their masculinity or whatever it is. Um, and she had to bring stuff home, like try it, try it, try it. And so for me, talking specifically to the men in the audience, try it, give some stuff a shot. I have, I know it's not really evident right now, but I have the best razor I've ever had. I have the best soap that I have ever had. For everybody had. who's listening, he's got this very nice beard right and, now. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, and it's like, I haven't shaved in a couple of days, but like I have the, the, these products are incredible. Yeah. And it, it kind of blows me away all the time when I think about it. it, it they're not more expensive and yeah, I mean, I'm, and you know, I mean, you could, I can play the lazy thing. Like, you don't take the trash out as often if you get a compost bucket. 
You know, it, it's silly, but <laughs> yeah. like all of these things we've started to notice, we really have. And if you pay attention to what you're doing, you're going to find a lot of things that just don't really have a purpose. Yeah. Uh, two things I would like to add is the Steve Earle quote was every day on earth is a chance to get it right. And the other thing was you were talking about anti-littering campaigns and I wanted to jump in, but I didn't want to interrupt you. And she told me this one day and it blew me away. So I want to share it. Don't mess with tech. Don't mess with Texas. Everybody's heard. Don't mess with Texas. That was an anti-littering campaign. Hmm. And that's kind of become Texas's slogan. And uh, I always thought that was really interesting that that's what that was and where it came from. Interesting. So. Well, cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Very interesting. Uh, where like, where could our audience connect with you? I mean, obviously, tell them what the address of the store and the phone number of the store and the website, that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, the website is lifeonplastic.com. Um, and you can connect with us on Instagram. It's unplastic.gnv. Uh, and on Facebook, it's just Life on Plastic. Um, the phone number is 352-225-3116. We're located in Thornbrook, which is uh, kind of middle Gainesville. If you know where Fresh Market mm-hmm. is, we're, uh, we're right behind that. Or um, there's a Gainesville Health and Fitness Women's Center in Thornbrook. So we're, we're, we kind of share space with them. Um, yeah, that's where we are. Awesome. And that's how you can connect with us. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to, yeah. like, for good social media... Go to follow Lucy's and oh yeah for the life on plastic. Yeah. If you would but like not uh, so good. If you would like, so if you would like musical tips <laughs> and on things you should listen to every day, you should follow Headwaters and High Springs. Because uh, I, po- I, po- I, I post, I post yeah. a lot. I post my songs a lot. The song stuff I'm listening to that day, because music it. You asked, what's your favorite song? I'm like, which is a weird question for me to answer because I'm a very musically oriented guy. And so normally I would have, we could do an entire podcast on my 10 favorite songs. Yeah. No problem. Uh, that, that, that's the especially And when you have different businesses, yeah. I mean, we could probably get focus yeah. an hour on each one. Oh, so, gosh, yeah. But, so yeah, it, it's very different approaches and I'm learning it and I've learned a lot from my wife and she has really gotten through to a lot of people and she's gotten a lot of attention. She's gotten... She's done very well with it because she's. Yeah, I'm always here to help, and like and like I said, it's not nothing about where we kind of sit from a, you know, consumption mindset. Really, is the fault of the consumer. I think it's we need to look up the up the production chain and and try to make Mm -hmm. changes there. But in the meantime, uh, you know, little little changes here and there. Try a new product. Try to just uh, have the mindset when you walk into a store that, you know, maybe impulse buys um, might contribute to this, you know, overall as a consumption problem and and just try to be mindful you know it's a conscious consumerism is kind of what we're what we're doing these days so yeah well you know keep it up and i know like don't don't get discouraged (laughs) you know don't let that uphill battle uh discourage you in any way keep doing great work so and i'm so glad that you guys came on our show well thanks thanks thank you so much for for having us yeah and thank you so much to you guys the ones out there listening uh appreciate you guys so much and definitely got to give a shout out to james leitner for producing the show making us look so good with this lighting yo (laughs) (laughs) and podcast fam if you're driving and didn't have a chance to write down the information of the incredible sponsors that make this show possible don't worry you can find them all at whoagnv.com slash sponsors or simply click those links in the show notes of this episode and special love this episode to our friends at the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville. Have you noticed those blue Collier signs all over Gainesville? Those are the signs of progress. The GNV Commercial Advisory Team of Collier's Gainesville is the region's top commercial real estate team. When you need to buy or sell commercial land or buildings, find a new space for your business or lease out a property you own, turn to the GNV Commercial Advisory Team. They close more than 60 deals a year. Shouldn't yours be one of them? Hell yeah. (laughs) Check out all of their services at colliers.com slash Gainesville. And when you do, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa, whoa. Whoa. We will see you later. Bye. Mm